I want to welcome you to day two of week three of our look through the book of Matthew. In chapter three, we're looking at John the Baptist preparing the way. And then we're going to watch John meet Jesus. And we're going to see in that some exciting things happen in a picture of baptism. Listen to what happens in verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Wow, what a baptism. What a day. What a spiritual moment and experience. Unforgettable. When you see this, you need to remember that baptism is a picture. For us, it's a picture of our salvation. When someone's baptized, it doesn't make them a Christian. It's a picture. It's a symbol of what happens when we become a believer. When someone goes down into the water, it's a picture of being buried, of dying to sin. When someone comes up out of the water, it's a picture of the new life we have in Christ. So we're buried with him in baptism. We're raised to walk a brand new life. Baptism is also a picture for Jesus, but in a different way. Obviously, Jesus didn't need to be saved. He is the one who brought us our salvation. So why was Jesus baptized? Well, you see here, there are four pictures in the baptism of Jesus that help you and I to grow, to become all that God wants us to be. Baptism was a part of the story of Jesus's life because he wants it to be the part of the story of our life. So what are the pictures that you see here? Well, first, a picture of humility. You see the humility of John in this. John is saying here, I need you to look to the one who's coming after me. I need to be baptized by you. By the way, you may not have known this. John And Jesus' mothers, they were cousins. You might remember in the birth story that Jesus' mom, Mary, goes to see John's mother. They're friends. And so Jesus and John the Baptist are family. They're second cousins. Now, you know how sometimes you grow up with somebody and they're in the family. It's hard to have a humble attitude towards them. It's easy to get a spirit of bitterness towards this person that's better than you. And I can promise you, Jesus was better than John in every circumstance because Jesus is perfect. Jesus' own family. His brothers, his sisters struggled with him. We're going to see as he goes through his ministry, much because of this, but not John the Baptist. He had the humility to look to Jesus. But here I want you to look also at the humility of Jesus, who is willing to go out and to be baptized by John. Here is perfection. God in human flesh saying, you baptize me. And John realizes there's something wrong with this. He tried to make sure it didn't happen, but Jesus said, no, it is the right thing to do. What a picture of humility. What a picture of humility. There's also here a picture of the Trinity. You have, when Jesus is baptized, you have Jesus being baptized. You have the Spirit descending like a dove, and you have the Father speaking and saying, this is my Son. There is no one verse in the New Testament that says uh, the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but there are many, many verses in the New Testament that give us pictures, even in the Old Testament. Some of the pictures, the glimpses of the Trinity that we get throughout the Bible are in the book of Genesis, the four places that God speaks of himself as we. There's a sense that there is something going on here that I don't understand. The fact that all three are involved in creation, the Spirit in Genesis 1-2, the Father, Hebrews 1-2, the Son, Colossians 1-16, are all said to be part of creation, and obviously only God creates. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all God. 
The fact that we are baptized. When we're baptized, we're baptized in the name of what? Of who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the fact that all of them were there at Jesus' birth announcement. You can read that in Mark chapter 1. And they're all here at Jesus' baptism. This is a picture of the Trinity of God, the greatness of God, the power of God, and who he really is. That's a second picture that we see in the baptism of Jesus. Then there's a third picture that we see, and it's a picture of identification. Jesus says to John, I have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now, it wasn't to fulfill his righteousness. Jesus had no sin, but it was to enable us to see God's righteousness fulfilled in us. You see, Jesus, who had no sin, identified with us as sinners, and he's baptized. He's baptized in a baptism for repentance. Jesus, listen, Jesus identified with us by being baptized, and when we're baptized, we identify with him. We identify with him. Now, I know many people ask the question, well, then then should I be baptized the way that Jesus was? I mean, I was baptized as a baby, my parents had me baptized. I mean, isn't that enough? And to me, really, that isn't the question. The question is, what did Jesus do? And what do I want to do to follow him? So, of course, you should be baptized the way that Jesus was. Affirming what your parents did when you were baptized, that they wanted to make, see you make spiritual progress in your life, but Jesus was baptized as an adult. We want to be baptized as an adult after we made our decision to follow him. Why? Because of this picture of identification. We want to do all that we can to identify with him to obey him. That's what it's all about. It's not about churches and rituals and what one church does over and what another church does. It's about my personal relationship with Jesus and me identifying with him because he identified with me. It's a picture of identification. And then there's a fourth picture here, and that is a picture of affirmation. There is this statement that you hear the father making in this moment. This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. In him, there's this sense of, in him, my soul delights. Now, on the one hand, in this, there is a callback to the Old Testament. This echoes Isaiah 42, verse 1, where Jesus is identified as the servant of the Lord, the Messiah, who would come, according to the prophecies of Isaiah, he would accomplish God's will to bring Israel back to himself, to bring the light of God to all nations. So we're seeing here this affirmation from the Father, this is the one, even in Jesus' baptism, at the very beginning of his ministry. But there's more than just looking back to the Old Testament. There's also truth in what he said. I am well pleased in him. I am well pleased. The affirmation that Jesus received at the beginning of his ministry is the affirmation that we're looking forward to receiving from the Father at the end of our ministry on this earth. Well done, good and faithful servant. In this affirmation, this picture of affirmation, you see very clearly that when I live a life of faith, when you live a life of faith, you start to live life with a different kind of question. You stop asking, or less and less you ask, what will make me happy? And more and more you find yourself asking, what will make God happy? What will make God happy? Because you know in the end, what makes God happy is what's going to make you happy. What makes God joyful is what's going to make you joyful. What brings satisfaction to God is going to bring eternal satisfaction into your life. So as we take a minute to pray together, I want to focus on this last one. I want to invite you to turn this question over in your mind in a spirit of prayer with me for the next few minutes. Our Father, it's so easy, we admit, to get caught up in what will make us happy because we want to be happy. 
We don't want to be sad. We don't want life to feel like it's falling apart. We want to be coming together. We want to have a joyful happiness about life. But Lord, in our honest moments, we know that sometimes that causes us to chase after the wrong things. Some immediate happiness. Sometimes those wrong things are just bad ideas, but other times those wrong things are certainly sins. Lord, we don't want to chase after those things. And so let the question start to change in our minds, we pray. What will make you happy? What pleases you? Because God, you made us to live a life of worship, a life that is pleasing to you. And when we live a life that is pleasing to you, we are most pleased. When we live a life that is satisfying to you, we are most satisfied. Because that's what you made us to do. So let that question beat in our hearts. Let that question run through our minds this day. What will bring joy to you? What will make you happy? How can we live a life that's pleasing to you? And Lord, when we hear the answer, let us chase after that answer for all we're worth. Because that's what you made us to do. Strengthen us to do this, we pray. We need your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow we're going to begin to see together what happens when Jesus faces temptation. <laughs> 